The great thing about meeting in a movie theater is we get to see all the movies that are coming out. Um, and, uh, and, and, and just for, for the record, we don't go like and sneak into movies and everything. Somebody actually said to me, one of, uh, I, I think it was uh, the guy who does our, our video, Randy, he said he wanted to go and see, uh, which one was it? I think it was Thor. And he was like, I was thinking, they had a show in at like 1 o'clock here at the Regal, and I was thinking of slipping in. I was like, if you do that, then you are no longer on the video back there. And uh, uh, I didn't say that really, but he didn't. And, but, but we get to see all, all the different types of movies that, 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 are, that are going on. And, and this summer, I was looking at the movies that were coming out, and all it, all it showed was all these comic heroes, all these superheroes. And there was Thor, there was Captain America, there was uh, the Green Lantern, there was X-Men, um, and, uh, and then there was Cars. Yeah, that's the best movie. Um, and, 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 and I started looking at these movies, I was like, oh, I want to see that one, I want to see that one, I want to see this one. But then I started saying, okay, what, what are some of these about? I kind of know all about the Batmans and the Spider-Mans and the Supermans. And uh, to, uh, you know, just to, on a sidetrack, I like when I was a kid, I loved Spider-Man. He was my favorite superhero. I had, uh, I had these pajamas when I was like seven, these Spider-Man pajamas. And uh, I looked the business in them, I tell you. And I had, I had, I had this, this, this mask that went over it and I slept in the mask and everything. Can't believe my mom let me sleep in a mask. I'm like, I could like suffocate it or something. But... Uh, so, uh, so I would like wear this when I was like seven, and I was still wearing it when I was like ten. But like the the sh- they like came up to here, the bottoms did, and the, they were here. My mom was like, "Please get rid of those." And I think one day she snuck in and got rid of it and stuff. So I was like a proper little boy. But I love superheroes. But as I started looking at these these different movies that were coming out, I didn't know too much about some of them. So, uh, so I didn't know uh, uh, about Thor. I didn't know about. Um, uh, I didn't know about the Green Lantern, um, and I didn't have too much knowledge of Captain America. Uh, I know shock horror. Sorry, people. But uh, so I started looking at, at, at these people, uh, these uh, these characters, and as I started reading their stories and looking what the films were all about and their comic heroes were all about, suddenly these alarm bells just started ringing in my mind and thinking, "Wow, these people are just like a bunch of Bible characters that we've got in the Bible." And uh, as I started looking at each individual story, I started comparing these Bible characters that, that, are, that are in the, in the Old Testament. And I started seeing that, oh wow, these lives really match up. And then I started like, reading these Bible characters, and the messages were just speaking right out to me. And I really thought that what, what some of these Bible characters went through, some of us are going through right now. And so what we're going to do, we're going to have this four-week teaching series, and we're going to call it Marvel. Um, and just for the record... We're going to do uh, Thor this week. We're going to do Captain America next week. Then we're going to do the Green Lantern, and we're going to do X-Men. And for you nerds out there who realize that Green Lantern, I think it's Green Lantern, is not Marvel. Well, tough. I'm still calling the series Marvel, okay? And uh, so that's there. Well, today, we're going to look at, at this man, Thor. And as I started looking through these superheroes, they weren't like your Supermans. They weren't even like your Batmans or your Spidermans, who, who were just, you know, just awesome, like, superheroes. These were people who, who they rose, like, in their powers, and, their, and they, they were great people, but they had so many issues in their lives. And as I started looking at these people with these issues, these Bible characters with all these issues just started flooding into, into my mind. But there's one thing in common about all the people that we're going to look at over the next four weeks. And this is this. The place that they started was never the place that they finished. 
The place that they started was never the place that they finished. And for your lives, the one thing that, that, that you need to make sure with your life is that you cannot finish your life where you started your life. And a relationship with Jesus Christ and having faith in God is all about going on a journey. And going on a journey to a destination. And that destination finally is heaven. And that is a place where you will be perfected. And that you will be able to stand before the throne room of God. And God will, will look at you as a perfect being. But so many of us, we live our lives. And we end exactly how we began. And we have not let God do what God needs to do in our lives. And so what we find out with all these characters. And what we will find out with these Bible uh, characters is that they never ended where they began. So the first thing we, we saw, we're, the first movie I, I want us to look at, or character, is, is the character of Thor. And uh, this movie came out in, in May, and, and like I said, I didn't know much about it, but this is basically the, the whole story behind uh, the character of Thor. Um, and this is make-believe, so it's not real, okay, people? Um, it's not real. So Thor is basically one of several powerful ancient beings who dwell in a magical realm called Asgard. And throughout history, these beings were revered and worshipped as gods, almost like Greek gods. And uh, ages ago, there was one uh, god or, or one being called Odin. He was actually the lord of the Asgardian gods. And he desired to have a child. And one day, uh, he, he, he decided, okay, I want a child to make sure that this person exceeds me and rules over the Asgardian people. And so Odin, this ancient realm, this, uh, this god person, came to earth and wooed an earth goddess. And her name was Gia. And the result from their union was a, a, a boy called Thor. And he was born. And Thor was born in a small cave in Norway. So he was like a Viking kind of person. And, uh, and then after he was born, Odin, his dad, took him back to Asgard to be raised. And Thor, he was a, he was a boy who grew in power. He grew in popularity. And by his eighth birthday, Odin had given him this hammer. And I wanted to get this hammer, and I was meant to get it, and I totally forgot to get it. And I wanted this, this, uh, this, uh, this hammer. I think you can get it at Toys R Us. It was like for kids, but I was like, I want that. But anyway, Odin had this hammer uh, that was created for him. And this hammer was enchanted with magical power. And, and uh, Odin, his dad, decreed that this hammer would be presented to Thor when his son had proven that he was a worthy warrior. And after spending the next eight years training and performing heroic deeds, Thor, must have been at the grand old age of, what, 16 was given this hammer, and he was declared the greatest warrior in Asgard. And while Thor continued in his heroic deeds, he won many battles, he went through many victories, he was the victor over so many. But yet something happened between Thor being given his hammer, and then to the present day. Suddenly Thor started to get headstrong. Suddenly Thor started to get arrogant. Suddenly Thor started to get proud. And the result was this, that Odin, his dad, decided, I need to teach my son a lesson. And so what Odin did, he banished Thor to earth. And Thor came down to earth, and he woke up in earth, 
and, and he had lost all his memory. He had been stripped of his hammer and he could not even remember being an Asgardian. And what's more, Thor no longer was in his mighty body. Now Thor was in the body of a crippled medical student named Donald Blake. And then the story goes on that he comes and kind of saves humanity. He gets his memory back and, and all that. But as I started reading this story of Thor and, and, and looking at, at this fictional character, suddenly it reminded me of somebody in, in, in the Old Testament who had, had also suffered a great fall like, like Thor. Somebody who was a great man, who had risen to great heights, but suddenly, in one moment, all his pride and all his arrogance came out and it suffered in a huge big fall. And let me ask you today, what would you do in your life if everything that you had ever achieved, everything you had ever known, suddenly got stripped away from you? Everything you had ever achieved or known had got stripped away from you. This is what happened with Thor, and this is what happened with this other gentleman that we're going to look at today. So often our pride and our arrogance and our reluctance to follow simple instructions leave us in an unknown place. And today I want to call this place Rock Bottom. Rock Bottom. Thor was literally brought down to earth. And this other person we're going to look today at went to a place I call Rock Bottom. The person's name is Jonah. And if you have your Bibles with you today, if you want to turn to the book of Jonah, it's a little book in the Old Testament. It's right near the end. There's only four chapters to it. And, but I bet so many of you, you've probably heard of the story of Jonah. If you haven't, I'm like, where have you been? We all know that Jonah was a man who was a prophet of God. And because he was a prophet of God, it meant he had risen to great heights. Jonah was probably a man who had done everything right. He was well educated. He probably had a good family. He probably went to church. He probably volunteered. He probably was out in the kids area. He probably like, set up and tear down on a Sunday morning as he came into his theater church. But yet, there was something wrong with Jonah. You see, Jonah was a man who was a prophet. And being a prophet, he heard from God. That meant God spoke to him. And when God spoke to him, his task and his job was then to go and to speak to other people what God had spoken to him. But Jonah had an issue. And it was pride. Jonah had so much pride in his life. And then we all know what happened is Jonah got swallowed by a big fish. Some of you think it's a whale. He was swallowed by Jonah and the whale. The Bible doesn't say that. It just says a big fish. But yet, it's not what happened to Jonah that is important. It's actually how he got to that place that's important. And then what he did once he got there. And so this morning, we're going to take a look at this. And just as Thor was able to redeem himself as he fell to earth, so Jonah, in the belly of a fish, when he was swallowed by a big fish, was able to redeem himself. And Jonah then was able to partake in one of the greatest acts of people finding God in the history of humanity. So let's take a look today. I've got two questions I want to ask you. And the first question is this. Are you about to fall? Are you about to fall? Like, like Thor fell to earth, like Jonah fell into a, in, the, in the belly of a, of a big old fish, they both fell and are you at that point in your life where you are about to fall? 
for the comic hero, Thor, life centered around one man. That was Thor. Life didn't matter about anything else. As long as Thor was okay, Thor was fine. And for Jonah, life centered around one man. That was Jonah. Jonah didn't care about other people. All he cared about was himself. We even see in the book of Jonah, in the fourth chapter, we see that Jonah suddenly started uh, 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 arguing with God. And all he cared about was himself. He didn't care about anybody else, just himself. So let's take a look at what happened to Jonah today. So if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to Jonah chapter 1. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1. It says there, it says, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amati. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. So God's telling Jonah, okay, I want you to go to a distant land, a place where people don't know me, and I want you to announce to all those people that I'm going to bring judgment upon them. And Jonah, being the prophet of God, should say, okay, I'll go. I'll go and do what you said. But this is what Jonah said. In verse, in verse 3 it says, But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa. Not this Joppa down here. Some Joppa like in eastern lands. Where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He brought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Yes, Jonah was a man of God. But even men of God have moments of humanity where God asks them to do something that they do not feel that they can do. And Jonah was in this place that God had asked him to go to the city of Nineveh. This great, a great city. It was one of the, the biggest cities of the, of the, of the time. And go to announce that God was going to bring judgment upon them unless they repented for their sins. Jonah felt overwhelmed. He felt he did not want to do that. So what did Jonah do? He did what so many of us do. He decided to run away from God. Now, I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but I wonder how many of you this morning have run away from God. I know I came to a point in my life where I was running from God because I knew what God wanted to do in my life and I was like, I am not going that path. I want to become an accountant or something. I'm like, I did not want to do what, what God wanted me to do. And so I started running. But what happened when I started running was that all this stuff just started happening in my life, bad stuff. And I was like, God, what are you doing to me? Why are you letting this happen into my life? And I remember God very, very softly speaking to me. He says, because you're not doing what I told you to do. And Jonah was in this place. Jonah had this problem. He thought that the world revolved around him. And because the world revolved around him, when it was time to go and help other people, Jonah did not want to do it because it was inconvenient for Jonah. And the problem with this kind of uh, thinking is very simple. is when life becomes about you, then you become prideful. When life becomes about you, you become prideful. And this is what happens with prideful people. In Proverbs chapter 16, verses 17 to 18, it says this, The path of the virtuous leads away from evil. Whoever follows this path is safe. So if you're a virtuous person, you will be safe. 
But then in verse 18 of Proverbs 16, it says this. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before fall. Pride goes before destruction and haughtiness before a fall. You know, when life becomes about you, pride enters. And when pride enters, the results are very clear. You will fall. Not you might fall. Not the conditions may be favorable that you could fall. Not that you have a good chance of falling. No. The scriptures are very clear. When you are a prideful person, the end is destruction and you will fall. And let me say something today. Some of you have got pride in your life. And you need help. You need help in your life. You may need help in your finances. Or you may need help in your marriage. You may need help in your relationships. You may need help in all different types of areas of your life. But you are too prideful to ask for help. And the problem is when that pride sets root in your life, it ends in destruction. It ends in you falling. But when you put pride aside, the Bible says, you enter a path that is safe. And it takes away all evil. So today, if you've got pride in your life, there will be a point in your life where you will fall. And Jonah was told to go to Nineveh. But because of Jonah's pride, he went in the opposite direction. He tried to get away as far away from God as possible. And the reason for this is, is simple. And we find out in chapter 4 why Jonah ran away from God. Because Jonah said to God, he says, God... I knew that if I went and told these people that judgment was coming down, that they would turn to you, and then you would go back on your word, and you would make me look foolish. Can you believe this man, the pride in this man, and the arrogance of this man? He worried more about people, people's view of him than people finding God and being saved from destruction. One man wanted to keep his own face at the risk of a nation falling away from God and being destroyed. That is what pride can do in our lives. Because suddenly life becomes all about us. And Jonah was primed to fall. And when God speaks, you have a choice. Do as God says, or go the other way. Do as God says, or go the other way. One way leads to life and happiness and hope and joy. The other leads to death, destruction, and falling away. And Jonah decided to go the other way. And the result was this man became more prideful and more selfish. And so what we see, we see this man has gone on a boat. And he's traveling as far away from God as possible. And suddenly this storm comes. And this storm is like no other. Suddenly the sailors on this boat are are terrified. They'd been in storms before. But this was an ultimate storm. This was like a category 5 hurricane coming right through. And we see that Jonah suddenly started to isolate himself even more. This is what happened. In Jonah chapter 1 and verse 5. It said, fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help. And they threw cargo overboard to lighten the ship, to help steer it in the storm. 
It says, but all this time, Jonah was sound asleep in the hold. Jonah was sound asleep in the hold. What happens when pride enters your life? Life becomes about you. And when life becomes about you, you suddenly start to isolate yourselves from other people. And what happened is that even though the sailors were on board and they were helping uh, with with the boat, the storm came, they did all they could. Jonah decided, I'm going to go and sleep in the hold. I'm going to go and isolate myself even more. And so we start seeing that when you start running away from God, it doesn't just affect you. Now it starts to affect other people. And for Jonah, because he was running away from God, this storm was coming. And now it wasn't just affecting him, it was affecting everybody else he was close to. And, but the problem is, this is what happens with people who are selfish. People who are prideful. People who are prideful suddenly start to see just themselves. And they stop seeing how other people are hurting. How other people are affected by their actions. And so instead of being out on the deck of the boat and helping all these people and and helping the sailors, Jonah decided to isolate himself even more. And today, let me tell you, the secret to overcoming self-pity is this. It's not wading through your pity, having a pity party. It is suddenly to take your focus off yourself and put it directly onto God. Because when you start focusing on yourself, suddenly start self-pity comes in. And you start having a pity party. But you need to focus your attention onto God. And who anyone who has ever taken a personal fall is ta- are the ones who have taken their eyes off God and onto themselves. And eventually your actions start hurting other people. And don't be surprised when those people aren't happy about it. You know, notice these sailors, they didn't just uh, join Jonah in his little pity party. Actually, they called Jonah out when they found out that this storm was because of Jonah. And Jonah, he got to a place in his life where if all this storm is going on around, everyone's about to die, most of us would probably just like, God, forgive me. Forgive me for what I've done. But Jonah had let pride and arrogance get in his life so much that Jonah decided that he did not want to turn back to God on that boat. But he decided he wanted to isolate himself even more. And the problem is with self-centered people is that self-centered people run from everyone who challenges them. And if somebody is challenging you in your life, don't run away from them. But listen to what they're saying. Because even, they may even be totally wrong about what they're saying, but I bet there's a little bit of truth in what they're saying. And we see that the story continues, that Jonah jumps to his death in the sea. He decides, instead of repenting to God, just to jump and say, enough's enough. And I think it's funny that, that Jonah, Jonah in his self-pity, he thought he was better just to die in his self-pity than to humble himself and put himself right with God. I mean, really, what a foolish way to think. But the great thing is that that God isn't finished with Jonah. God isn't going to let Jonah check out. And so the Bible says, in Jonah chapter 1 and verse 17, that God prepared a big fish to swallow Jonah. You see, Jonah was about to die. Jonah wanted to die, but God was not finished with Jonah. 
God had business with Jonah. God wanted to use Jonah. And when God wants to use you, God will make sure that you will not let yourself just lay down and die. And today I ask you, are you ready for a fall? Are you about to fall? Are you letting pride or arrogance in your life? If you are, then turn away. Let the, let the focus not be on you, but let it be on God. Because if you fall, you may find yourself in the belly of a big old smelly fish. Second question I want to ask you today. Are you at rock bottom? Are you at rock bottom? In Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24 through to 27, Jesus gave a parable. He gave a little story and this is what he said. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. They are like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it, like Jonah, is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on the sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against this house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. You have a choice today. You can build your life on rock. The Bible says bedrock, hard rock. Or you can build your life on sand. Now, I don't know how many of you have been to the the beach this summer yet or not. But I guarantee if you go down to Ocean City and you go on the beach, you do not want to build a house on that, on that beach, right? You want to make sure that it is on a solid foundation. Because as soon as the wind blows, that house is going to go. As soon as, as, soon as there, there may be a, a rise in the tide and there may be some flooding, that house is going to go. But if it is built on rock, then it is going to be steady and it is going to be firm. And Jonah found himself in a position like he'd never seen before. And this, was, this position was that he was at rock bottom. Every life, everyone here today, we build our lives on something. Some of us build our lives on our values. Some of us build our lives on our passions. Others, you may build your lives on future dreams. Some of you, you may build your lives on past experiences. This is what life is most often built upon. However, when you build your life on just looking at yourself like Jonah did, when you build your life just trying to please yourself, the foundation is so thin, it's like building it on the sand. And the problem is, is that you will fall. And when you fall, you will not stop until you hit rock bottom. You will not stop until you hit rock bottom. And just as Thor, the, the comic hero, he, he, he fell to earth because of his arrogance and his pride. And he was too strong-headed. He fell to earth and he did, not, he did not stop until he hit the earth. Jonah was taken into what he thought was the very pit of hell. And in fact, it was just rock bottom. And when you are rock, rock bottom, life hurts. Life hurts at rock bottom. Life is painful at rock bottom. However, no matter how much you are hurting, you have a choice. Die or build. Die or build. 
You see, there's a reason why it's called rock bottom. Why the bottom is rock. It's because you can't get any lower. You can't fall anymore. It also means that it's a rock. It means that you have now a foundation to build your life upon. And I tell you today, if you are at rock bottom, rock bottom should never be a place that you roll over and die. It is the best place to build a life that is God-centered, not self-centered. And when you build a life that is God-centered, not self-centered, you build a life that you will be amazed at. Let's see what Jonah did. Jonah found himself at rock bottom. And in Jonah chapter 2, we see this. It says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. I don't know about you, but I think I'd be praying as well if I was inside a big old fish. This is his prayer. Some of us, we would curse God. God, why did you do this to me? But Jonah knew why God did it. Because Jonah had let pride just enter his life. And this is what Jonah said. I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble. And he answered me. You see, when you are rock bottom and you cry out to God, God will answer you. God will not neglect you. God will answer you. He said, I called to you, God, from the land of the dead. And the Lord heard me. He says, you threw me into the ocean depths and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, Lord, you have driven me from your presence. Yet I will look once again towards your holy temple. So now Jonas finally realized once he's hit rock bottom, it is time not to look away from God, but to look to God. He says, I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. It really does not sound pleasant, does it? Being in the belly of a fish. He says, but you, O Lord, snatch me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord. And my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods, those who turn their back on all God's mercies. But I will sacrifice to you with songs of praise. And I will fulfill all my vows. So now he's saying, I will do what you have told me to do. For my salvation comes from the Lord. Sonny Jonah has realized that God is not just this big ogre who's telling him to do something that is impossible. Suddenly, at the rock bottom, Jonah realizes that God is the God of salvation. God is the God who loves him so much that he would not let him die, but he would let him go through this pain so that he could start rebuilding his life again. And you know, Jonah prayed this prayer. God heard him, and this is what happened. Verse 10 of Jonah chapter 2. Then the Lord ordered the great fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. Then God ordered the great fish to spit Jonah out onto the beach. You know, when you are at rock bottom and you decide to pray unto God, God will hear you. He will not just hear you, 
He will answer your prayer. And he will take you to a place where he will take you out of that place. That place may, that may seem like a personal hell. That place may, that may feel like a, the, uh, the fish of a belly. He will take you out of that. And he will spit you out of that. And he will give you another chance once again to rebuild your lives. Because God is a God of mercy. God is a God of grace. And he is a God who gives second chances. And so Jonah decided to build in the belly of the fish. But it finally took rock bottom for Jonah to realize that life was about God and not him. And the results was astounding. Firstly, we see that his personal hell became a second chance. And then a second chance became a life of obedience. Because then Jonah says, okay, I'm going to go to Nineveh and I'm going to say what you've told me to say. And then what we see, we see a life of obedience brought light and hope. And salvation to a nation that was in a dark place and on the road to destruction. See what happens when you start to obey the voice of God. God uses you in ways that you could not even imagine. And when God uses you, he will use you more than you could ever even ask or think. And some of you today, you are rock rock bottom. And you just want to kill over and die and quit. But God is saying, no. You are now at a place Where the foundation is a rock. Now start to build again. Build your life again. And I will do great things amongst you. Some of you today, you're running from God. Life has become all about you. Maybe you've become very self-centered in your time. Maybe you've become self-centered with your gifts or your talents. Maybe you've been self-centered with your finances or self-centered in your relationships or self-centered in just giving of your personal time to other people. If that's you today, you're on a collision course with a fall. Because pride has got into your life, self-centeredness has got into your life, and you will fall. But today is the day where you need to stop and realize that you are created so much more than feeding your own desires and your own egos. In fact, you were created to help fulfill God's desires. Because God has a plan and a purpose for you. And you were created to walk in that plan and that purpose. Some of you today, you're sitting uh, or you're going through a storm in your life. And you're just sitting there having a little pity party. Just you... And lonely old you. You think nobody cares. You think nobody's around you. But I tell you today, there are people who care. There are people who care for you. And even though you may be going through a storm in your life, there are others who want to help you out of that storm. But also you must realize that in the midst of your self-pity, you may have failed to realize that you have hurt other people as well. And you have left destruction along your path. Others of you, you may be sitting at rock bottom, thinking, I just want want it to end. I want life just to be over. You want to quit? Give up. I tell you today, don't lay down and die, because you are in a perfect place to start to rebuild your life that will not collapse, that will not fall when storms of life hit. I want to read this to you today. From the message version of the Bible. I just thought it was, it was very needed as I read it. It was a teaching that Jesus gave. In part of a, a sermon that he gave. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And it was the very first part of this sermon. And Jesus started to, to teach these principles. And people were just amazed at what he said. 
But today, if you are a rock bottom, today, if you are in a place where life is just not going as you expected it to go, maybe events happened in your life that you do not realize, listen to the words what Jesus said. This is what he said. You are blessed when you are at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule. You are blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you, be in, can you embrace or be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are. No more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. His food and drink in the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care, when, when you care. At the moment of being careful, you will find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, which is your mind and your heart, put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate. Instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are. And your place in God's family. And then finally he says. You're blessed when your commitment to God. Provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper. Into God's kingdom. Maybe there's a reason why. You may be at rock bottom. Maybe there's a reason why you have fallen. Maybe there's a reason why things have not worked out as you thought they would work out. Maybe it's because God wants to do something great in your life and he had to take you to that place like a belly of a fish in order to do it. The comic hero Thor had to come to earth to realize that life was not about him, but it was actually about helping others and saving others. And in the end, he did help and save others. Jonah realized that life was not about him, but it was in fact doing what God had told and commanded him to do. And the result was astounding. Not only did Jonah find hope in his life, but suddenly thousands of others found hope as well. And for you today, God is wanting to use you. God is wanting you to take you to a place that you never thought that you could ever be. But it starts with building your life once again. Let's pray.